and welcome to Cannibalizing the Canon episode 12. Uh, Unbound and other grand Howard things. I'm Glaive slash Danny slash whatever the heck you want to call me. And I am V slash Vela slash Ren slash holy shit we're in the same room. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right next to each other. Oh god. Oh no. Reality. Meat space. <laughs> oh my god. What do we do? Ah. And yes, we're both vaccinated. Get vaccinated. It's all safe. And oh all my god, does. please get vaccinated. Please. I want things to return to something close to normal. Yes. I mean, it's close as we're going to get. Let's I would real. like to go to the outside world, please. Please and thank you. Yes. I say that. I'm in the outside world now. Technically speaking, yes. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Grant Howard today. Uh, and specifically, uh, the RPG Unbound. Uh, this will not at all be the last time we talk about something done by Grant Howard and or Chris Taylor uh, of Rowan, Rook, and Deckard fame. Coincidentally, uh, Rowan, Rook, and Deckard won nine Any Awards, which is the, basically the RPG Oscars. Woo! For, uh, for their RPG Hearts, which I just got a copy of, which I will probably do an episode of in the future. I'm very excited for this because that means I get to play Heart. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, so yes, in case it wasn't obvious, we are both quite big fans of uh, um, Rowan, Rook, and Deckard. Absolutely. Grant Howe is my bae. Yeah. Hell yeah. He doesn't uh, know it yet, but he's my bae. <laughs> and then throw in the fact that not only have they done... Things like Spire and Heart and Unbound, but the Grant Howard has uh, quite the prolific history of one-page RPGs, uh, which you probably have heard of if you have any familiarity with the tabletop space. Two words: Honey Heist. Yes, everyone knows Honey Heist, and if you don't, come talk to me, and I will run Honey Heist for you. Honey Heist is a good time. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to be running Honey Heist for for. Uh, Libyarty. Oh, cool. On the Twitch. So that's a thing to keep an eye out for. Something to look out for. Uh, There'll be a link in the description below. Yes. Shout out to Libyarty. (laughs) Shout out to Libyarty. Hell yeah. I don't know if it's Libyarty or Libyarty. It's Liberty. It has to be Libyarty. I'm a fool. Oh, no. I've never heard it said out loud before. (laughs) It's fine. It's cool. Anyway. It's fine. She'll never know. Day. Day. will never know. Sorry. Day will never know. Um... They will know. They listen to the podcast. Sorry, Lib. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we done goofed. We done goofed. It's fine. But anyway, you do realize we could have edited that out. It's fine. <laughs> We're doing it live. We're in the same room. Uh, but yes, uh, Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor, and I'm, I'm sure a few other creators, but those two mainly of Rowan Rook and Deckard Fane. Uh, make many RPG, and the one we are specifically talking about is Unbound, uh, which is one they created, I believe, before Spire, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but Unbound is a card-based, setting-agnostic, heavily narrative-focused RPG system, and it is really good. Yes, absolutely. Um, to kind of break down what that sentence means, because it's a hefty sentence, is there's no dice. It's just a deck of cards. Um, 
setting agnostic it does it, you can put it into anything you could do anything with it yeah literally anything literally um, anything and heavily narrative focused means uh lots lots of role play lots of talking lots of figuring so out the story that's not to say that combat doesn't exist in the system it does it uh, absolutely does and it's great but even the combat has narrative in mind first yeah, there's no minis, there's no maps, there's no, well, sometimes there's maps. Well, there's maps, but it's unique. It's very loose. Too unbound, yeah. Um, it's very much a, you are, in terms of RPGs being a medium to tell stories as a group, this is it. Yes. This is, this is the one. And also, it has the best session zero you'll probably ever have in a tabletop RPG. Sorry, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jane. Jane Session Zero is fantastic. Yes, but, for Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, but this specifically in general is one of the most amazing Session Zeros I've ever been part of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get into that a bit, and it goes in line with uh, Unbound as a narrative-based RPG to its core, uh, to the point where I strongly believe if you play slash run slash even read the rulebook of Unbound, it enhances your capability of running RPGs in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives you better term ideas, literally that ideation about world building yeah. uh, and the collaborative process in which you can get away with stuff. 100%. Uh, but yes, when you go do a session zero for, for a game like Unbound, usually in a normal roleplay game, the GM will have had put some thought to the world and will probably tell the players, like, this is the kind of world I'm thinking of. What kind of characters are you thinking of playing in this world? Blah, blah, blah. Back and forth, back and forth. Not the case with Unbound. Uh, it is much more about uh, we make the world together. There is nothing pre-existing before the session. Depending on how you want to do it, depends on how it's made. But more often than not, we use touchstones, which is a grid of words, semi-random, usually somewhat themed. Yeah, there Uh, there are some example uh, touchstones in the book um, with various different, like if you want specifically more kind of a magical setting, there's something for that. If you want something that's a little more cyberpunk, there's something for that. But there's a, a very, just very neutral one, which is just, hey, Here's some words. And the grid is uh, links every single word to a card in the deck. Yep. So everyone draws a random card. They find the word associated to it. And so if you have like a party of four and you include the GM in that, then you've got five cards. You've got five five words. words To make your world from. And then you just spitball. Yep. (laughs) That's it. That's how you make a world. Make the world. And that's why you can come up with anything. Like, if you look at the touchstones as it is, uh, let me just find the touchstone for a second. Yeah. So, uh, pick a card. Uh, I mean, I've got to go with the Ace of Hearts. Ace of Hearts. Uh, narcotics. All right. Well, this is going places. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go with the Nine of Diamonds. Nine of Diamonds. Crime. Well, I've, I've seen a theme. I've somehow managed to stumble upon a theme. Let's go with the three of spades. 
Three of spades. It'd be hilarious. Demons. Demons. Oh boy. How All right. So a demon narcotic crime. Yeah, that's right. you can make something out of that easy. And you can make many things out of that. Yeah, I'm sure that already exists in many a place. Well, I mean, thing. okay. So you've got. I mean, you've got two options here. One is that the the narcotics. The the side effect of the narcotics is that it makes you think that there are demons when they're on, which is, mm-hmm. unfortunately is a side effect of some narcotics. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, drugs are outlawed. That's crime. The whole thing. Demons telling you to do more crimes. You go on adventures with your imaginary demon. Or, or hear me out. Yeah, you have a pitch. Society of demons. Mm-hmm. Narcotics are legal. Mm-hmm. But selling them isn't. Okay. And you are trying to sell these narcotics. And you are on the run from the demons. And you are not a demon. Oh, no. Not a demon. Not a demon. Not a demon. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the kind of, like, to, to, to tell some other kind of words you can get. You can get words like dragons, exoskeletons, androids, uh, disease, hybrids, all wizards, all these kind of words. You can mix and match, and um, you don't know what kind of world you're going to get. Some groups, uh, including, like, I did it with my one of the groups I ran Unbound with, where um, we do multiple sets of cards, or individually, everyone set has uh, a few words each, and they pitch their own world, and whichever one people like, they go in or combine two into the one, uh, until you find something that's interesting and wild and crazy, because at the end of the day, that's kind of what Unbound flourishes at. Like, the crazier the world, the more fun you can have. Uh, it embraces... The chaos. It's very much a what you put in, you get out situation. Like, if you are invested in it, you are going to get more out of this. Exactly. Uh, But yes, after you come up with the world and you ask lots of questions and you create what is from the inspiration from the touchstones, you decide on your character core, which is like your party class, which uh, designates what kind of story you want to tell. And that could be anything from Devout, Magi, Outlaw, Packbound, Warrior, Wild. Uh, the party class doesn't really have any bearing on who your characters are or what their abilities are or anything like that. It is entirely just like in what story direction are we going in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we, for example, in, in the game that we played, uh, our core was that we were Magi. But uh, one of our touchstones was no more magic. So <laughs> that was a whole thing. Um, so, yeah, so we were, we were essentially um, magical in a different way. Yep. And, and we, we very much kind of went into that in the sense that there is no such thing as magic, but we have abilities and powers that would probably in an unenlightened age be considered magical. Yep. So it's basically again, it's what you make of it. It's it's how you define those terms in in your world and your stories. Yeah, it's entirely interpretation, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which I find fascinating uh, because it really gives you and your players the opportunity to just be creative and and just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and go crazy. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I love it. Uh, then you got roles, which are the specific character classes, which. 
interestingly enough, they 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 they're like the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Archetypes. Yes, they're the archetypes of what you find in uh, a lot of RPGs. Mm-hmm. But again, they're they're setting agnostic because Unbound is very good at going like we don't know what world you're going to end up in, so we've done nothing. Yeah, it, we have to make this as generic as possible because we don't know where you're going to end up. Yeah, so you've got classes such as Brawler, Deadeye, Protector, Striker, and Warden. And a lot of those have multiple classes you'd find in other RPGs that you could ascribe to them. Uh, but none of them are restricted to it. Like, you may think Brawler could be a barbarian, but you could also be a fighter or a monk or any martial class or anything that's entirely new as well. You are not restricted in any capacity because another fun thing about Unbound is that what you do damage with is pretty much up to you. Absolutely. One of the questions that you, you will have to answer at some point during your character creation is how do you deal damage? And it's not a case of, well, what weapons do I have? What if I get? It's what do you want? What do you want to do it with? Yep. Let's fucking go. Like, you want a baseball bat? Sure. Okay. You want a magic magical sword? All right. There you go. Like, to, to whatever take, you want, you've got. Take inspiration from Super Fight. You can have a shotgun that shoots shotguns. You could absolutely do that, but also that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or a puppy cannon. No! <laughs> no, that's a terrible idea. And now I kind of want to do it. <laughs> go, puppy cannon. Invulnerable cu- puppy cannon. There you go. Too many puppies. Oh, no. It's like Squirrel Girl, except the puppies are not squirrels. <laughs> that's a sentence. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, um, that that's with the level that we're working at yeah. today. Valid. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, but that. yeah, you you get the idea. Um, after you choose your role, you choose the traits that go with your role, and traits are where you kind of make those characters your own properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had there is a long, long list of the kind of different abilities you can have, and again, because it is more narrative based than it is mechanical based and this is not to say that the mechanics are, are terrible they're they're really good as well i love they're, the mechanics they're simple it's it genuinely it's so easy to pick up like after like like the session zero the explanation of everything because it was a lot to go through in terms of like because this was a brand new system and nothing like anything i'd ever played before i was like oh no this is gonna be really difficult to pick up and then we played our first session and within like 20 minutes we'd done a narrative scene and we were halfway through a a a fight scene i think yep and and i was like cool i know how to play this game now (laughs) let's go uh i also think like it's much more difficult to play this game online than it is in person yes uh which is something to say but it is possible Definitely. Yes. I, oh, absolutely. I, I've exclusively ran this game online, and it has so far gone It's been great. Well. It's, been, it's, it's <laughs> been grand. Um, but I would love to play this in person. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that the online experience has been bad, because it hasn't. It's been the thing that I look forward to in the week, because <laughs> uh, it's a great game. But I think it would be a lot easier Especially for the the GM. Especially for stuff like um, map building. Yes. 
and stuff like that because suddenly it's much more collaborative and and idea generation and, and all yeah. these sorts of things um i feel like unbound lends itself well to the energy transfer you have when you're jamming as well mm-hmm. yeah which is which is so much more difficult online anyway like exactly. in, in any rpg it's more I've difficult online always said that like running a game online is that dragon ball analogy of you're training with weighted clothes <laughs> yeah. you, you do it for long enough your in-person jamming game goes up yeah absolutely which yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. speaking of traits because i'm gonna i have the book here in front of me uh you can have uh, a many number of traits. Uh, you can have a trait like transform. So if you wanted to play the Hulk or a werewolf or Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde. Or somebody who transforms into a giant fighting wasp. Or, yeah, or or the magical narwhal of land mm-hmm. that turns into a man. Mm-hmm. All of that free reign. Uh or maybe you want to be super strong. You could take Mighty. You will tremendous physical power. You are uh, One Punch Man. You are One Punch Man. Or you don't even have to do it in like the super strength uh, way because you will tremendous physical power. It doesn't necessarily mean you will literally physical power as in like from your muscles. You could be hearty as shit. You could do the force. <gasps> I didn't even thought about the force. You could be a Jedi. You could be a Jedi. Corset. Or a Sith. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not discriminating here. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, like even so, within the traits themselves, they have specific abilities associated with them. So, for example, if I looked at Mighty, there's also Rage that I just saw as well. Rage. I've already gone past Mighty. No. Mighty. So, uh, you have abilities like. Kick in the door. You have mastered the element of surprise and also the element of kicking. <laughs> uh, basically, it gives you double damage. Yeah. Uh, when you uh, boost, which is basically the game's way of saying crit. Uh, boosting is when you draw any card that has a face, like king, queen, jacks. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, the system is very easy. Uh, you can boil it down to: uh, Does your card meet or beat my card? Then congratulations, you win. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you um, you've done the task. You've done the thing. Um, there are certain things that change with certain cards, but that's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Whole other thing. Uh, but you you get the idea. Um, we should talk about foundations. Yes. Foundations are one of my favorite things in this game. Yes. Um, one thing I will say uh, about the character building aspect is that the book will prompt you to answer questions about, yep. specifically in terms of the traits, how did you get them? Like, who taught you that? Or is there a regret that's linked to that? Or is there something about that particular power that makes you feel emotions? And it will and it will kind of like tease this kind of story out of you rather than you just going, Oh yeah, I can absolutely do this thing. Why can you do this thing? Or why don't you do this thing all the time? Yeah. Or is this something that you can do but you don't want to do because there's bad memories associated with it or something like that? So the book's very good at kind of like helping you build that story and build that narrative for your character and for the world. Yeah. This is a good time. Like, for example, uh, I'm trying to find 
Oh, these ones are complicated. <laughs> but they're not complicated, <laughs> but like they're more slightly more in depth than some of the other powers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for example, fire. Mm -hmm. uh, you control and command fire. Do you use innate ability, magical items, weird science, or have you made a pact with some unearthly creature? Just, again, it's up to you. It's yeah. entirely in your power with your GM to come up with whatever you want. This Absolutely. game is designed to go crazy. And I will say that when you are creating this character, yeah, talk to your GM, absolutely. But also talk to your other players because they might have some really cool ideas. Exactly. Um, and bouncing that kind of ball around and going, well, actually, you know, maybe you haven't thought of this idea and you go, oh, damn, that was a really good idea. I really like that. It is also part of the game, like built into the game, uh, that other players can influence absolutely. other players. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so say if you took the fire trait and you took the fire burst power specifically, mm -hmm. Uh, which is basically you hurl an explosive blast at your enemies. For some reason, I can only think of Mario Fireflower. <laughs> um, but when you take that, you immediately have to answer a question of who have you harmed with your explosive powers? And yeah. You, suddenly there's an NPC that exists, or you've hurt one of the other players, and then that's something that to do with the history of the character. Yep, and and honestly, having like. You can you can absolutely just have an NPC in the world who who's been who's been burned by you before, quite literally. But having a player ha have experienced you and then having some kind of history with them really makes the role-playing aspect interesting. Because, for example, uh, in our game, I had history with one of the other players because it was technically her fault that I had to die that one time because her dog bit me. Fun times. Fun times. I didn't die for realsies, though. I, I could regenerate. I, I was, I'm essentially a time lord. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I was. I, was I don't think there's. That. I don't think there's any game that like unless homebrew is involved, where you can just casually say like I was a time lord. It's fine yeah, it's unless fine. it's a Doctor Who RPG. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Well, it it wasn't even that I was a time lord technically. Yeah, it was just that I had moth powers and I could. <laughs> I could I fall had into powers. a chrysalis. Yep, and and regenerate in the chrysalis. Yeah. It was fine. I don't need to talk about. It's it's, it's grand. Uh, but but yeah, so foundations. Foundations are essentially what replaces skills in this game. And because skills, even though they might not necessarily be setting specific, they can tend to be setting specific. Mm -hmm. For example, if you were in a medieval setting, it's unlikely you're going to have like an engineering or a gun skill. Whereas if you were in a sci-fi setting, it's less likely that you're going to have maybe like a survival skill yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so they don't do that in Unbound. Instead, you have your foundations, which is basically a sentence or a title or something like that, that that describes who your character is in a way that you can invoke it at any time to give yourself an advantage in when you draw a card, attempt to do something. Uh, these foundations can be anything. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, actually, I think there's better examples. Yes, uh, sample character foundations for if you were playing a magi. My favorite one, my favorite two actually, is uh, the crystal shard in my head lets me see the future. Honest. And then the second one being, I am a crystal shard, and I'm stuck in some chump's head who thinks I let him see the future. <laughs> simple uh, and so the reason for that is 
So if I had if I had the uh, the foundation of um, the crystal shard in my head, lets me see the future, honest, then it's a case of uh, I could invoke that any time where it's like I I want to try this thing in particular. Oh, uh, there's a bunch of we're in a cave full of crystals. Like, hey, I know about crystals because I have a crystal shard in my head. Can I use that my foundation to um, succeed in investigating these crystals and then depending on the GM, it's like, yeah, sure. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's go. You know how <laughs> in, 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 in most RPGs, uh, you have that player who argues for a role. Mm -hmm. That's unbound. Yeah. That's how foundations work. Yeah. Every single time, because they're not built for a specific skill on mind. So you just have to kind of argue for why this, this, foundation is relevant to what you're trying to do uh it doesn't always work but if you have a creative dm and you know you're playing on bam so you should um, then yeah you should be fine it's, it's a good time mm -hmm. um technically you have a core foundation and a character foundation the core foundation is like so for example if you're magi it's a, a statement on what your group is or what they do yeah. in the world. Who they are. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you were outlaw, the outlaw core, you could be the, uh, well, it can be very simple from just, like, undercover cops. That's good enough. That's yeah. what it says on the tin. That's what we're here for. Undercover cops. Or you can be more complex than that and, high and say, like, hang on, is anyone here not an agent provocateur? <laughs> I love that. That sounds like that. a Monty Python sketch. Right? That's a very, that's a, that's a world I want to explore. Ah, for you see, I am <laughs> an enemy agent. Oh, wait, so am I. <laughs> oh, no. So it's like that Oglaf comic, my favorite Oglaf comic, which is like um, a king being brought into a room and being like, Sire, we have terrible news. The kingdom has been invaded by mimics, and they're in this room. And then... <laughs> That both turn into mimics to stab him, but then the king turns into a mimic as well. Like, well, this is awkward. Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know that guy. <laughs> you could do that in Absolutely. Unbound. You Absolutely. could play a bunch of mimics. <laughs> or you could be the explosive college supervillains. Yeah. Which, it, which honestly, I, c I can take that in, in two ways. Either you exclusively use explosive collars on the people that you're trying to like subdue or rob, or you have them on yourselves. I'm imagining Suicide Squad. Right? This is, this is very Suicide Squad. I'm here for it. Let's go. Um, sample, another sample character foundation for Outlaw is uh, escaped AI in a stolen background body. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Or um, Foxblood Trickster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's these are all examples. Uh, you do not have to take them at all. You could potentially do that. But like you're fully in your power to make one up. Yeah. And as long as your your GM is happy with that, it's like, yeah. That's yeah, great. basically it's it's as long as it's a concept that you are excited about, your GM generally will be okay with it. In my opinion, I feel like the best foundations are one that inform the world as well and create grow it in some way because mm -hmm. uh, then suddenly like oh yeah no that's a thing now or if it's not a thing it will be 
<laughs> when it comes up to be relevant. Uh, because here's here's the rub, guys. Unbound as a game uh, is designed so that the GM never has to prep. Supposedly. In theory. Uh, in theory. Um, I have had a few times where it's like... <laughs> Wait, 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 what? Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> but um, but that it again. That's somewhat to do with like the I feel uh, the online way of playing the game as mm-hmm. opposed to in person. Where in person, I feel like I could do things like, hey, we need to make this up. Let's make this up. Yeah. Uh, because everyone's at the same table and you can share opinions, and it's very easy to keep attention as well. Not to say that any of my online games aren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. Yeah. But you get the idea. Uh, we've already talked about the system. The system's very, very adaptable. Yes. It is literally just like you... You, If there is a, a check or a, a decision or a fight happening, you draw a card. Yep. Um, Does your card beat or meet the GM's card? Yes? Cool. You win. Yep. You've done the thing. You you hit him over the head with a huge bunk, or you unlock the door, or you successfully negotiate your way through a tense situation, or you jump. Yep. Oh yeah. Whatever you're doing. Whatever there was a beautiful. Is. There was a beautiful moment in one of the first Unbound games I played, where uh, shout out to David. Shout out to David. Uh, they realized because the system didn't really have proficiency bonuses or anything mm-hmm. like other systems do then he could pretty much do what he wants with a like pretty high chance of succeeding that I, <laughs> the thing is now that i've met david yeah and now that i have played a game with david mm-hmm. this makes so much sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. This suddenly makes so much more sense to me. Um, it's 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 opening the Pandora's box of, oh, I can do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can do a lot more than most RPGs. Yep. and get away with it because this is what this system is about. Mm-hmm. If oh, you could very easily play like a Dragon Ball Z style game in Unbound and, and do nonsense like of that level. You could, <laughs> I believe. My housemate Ricky would put it like um, Unbound is anime as fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, which, you know, says a lot about the, the game we've played, uh, the, the game I've ran for, for you guys specifically. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, like, he, he did the big powerful transformation yep. scene. And yep. it was, he did describe it as anime as fuck. Yep. So. Exactly. Uh, which was great. Much like any other game. There are times where, because you can crit succeed, you can also crit fail. You can get these things called scars. When you get scars, you mark cards in your deck, which is why when you play this game, you should have a cheap deck of cards, which, you know, it's easy enough to get. Yeah, the big big thing about the the deck of cards is that you're going to be writing all over them. 100%. You do it in the character creation. You do it when a scene is resolved. Um, Look. when a well, session is resolved. When a session is resolved. Um, you do it when things go wrong. You do it when things go right. Um, but you're going to be doodling all over this bad boy. So don't make them, you know, fancy <laughs> cards that you care about. Yes, do not do that. Um, there's also the very simple thing of... 
Are you looking for the scar table? No, I'm not looking for the scar table. I'm looking for what? What do we call goals again? There's a there's a way. Fates. Fates. There we go. Fates. Fates are important. Fates are great. Fates are how uh, characters advance, level up, etc. Um, so, like in other RPGs, depending on how you play, it's either like milestone based, mm-hmm. where the GM is just like, "Yeah, you level up." Or it's XP based and we calculate the numbers, you kill enough things. Unbound has fates, which I've seen some other systems do similar things where you literally have a goal that you're trying to do. Something you want to happen in the next session. And this is the part, the fates are the part which allow the GM not to have to prepare. Mm-hmm. Because if the GM's going into the session with all the fates already written out, that's because uh, each person has two fates. They have the fate they create themselves and a fate that party creates for them. That's a list of things that could happen during a session. It's basically a scene that you want to see and an outcome that you would like from it, essentially. Yeah. So, for example, you might have a fate that says, uh, I meet my long lost and that's it. And then you, like, the GM now can go, okay, well, I know that this is going to happen at some point. We're going to play that scene out. It's important to keep in mind, don't make a fate that it's like, oh, it's a big reveal. Like, you're playing the first session, and mm-hmm. you want a big thing to happen. It's like, well, I can't do that, though. <laughs> because it doesn't make narrative sense for just to do that in the first session. Unless it does make sense, yeah. and then it's fine. I mean, my first my first uh, fate was to have a conversation with my dad. Yep. That was it. It's great. Simples. And it worked. And it worked fantastic. Uh, yes. So, like I said, the Everfate is something that the party themselves come up with mm-hmm. collectively, which is fascinating because that means that you can have outcomes that you as a player weren't expecting. And like, oh, oh, that's interesting angle to go at. Yeah. Uh, Good one. Good fates are things that challenge the player and, and the character mm-hmm. in a way that makes the story progress. Yeah, like no, like you're never gonna have a fate that's just like, oh, we win. Like that's not <laughs> that's not challenging. That's just a that's just a fucking pipe dream a lot of the time. But if you have something like, um, for someone who's like quite normally quite an aggressive character or is renowned for being a fighter having a fate that is that you have to resolve a situation with diplomacy rather than your fists, that is a challenge. Yeah. It is interesting. Exactly. Uh, it's also a challenge for the GM to be flexible and try to fit it all in the one thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I I didn't really have any difficulties. You did great. Yeah. You did great. Because you basically, as the GM, you have a list of the, the everyone's you know personal fates and party fates in front of you. And you can go, okay, well, for starters, we're not going to get this all done in one session. But, <laughs> uh, but going, okay, well, this fate could then lead into this one and that scene kind of leads into the next. And I can take this party fate here and roll with that. And make sure, it's essentially a really, really good way of making sure that everyone gets a moment to shine as well. Yep. Which I love because. Which is something I feel like would help you in other RPGs. Absolutely. Because that's a good idea. Even, even just the idea of going to your party and just in any RPG and saying like, what goals do you have? What do you want to happen in the game Mm -hmm. in the the next session? Because suddenly it's like, 
oh, cool. I now know exactly what my players want, yep. and I can work towards that. Um, granted, this is entirely dependent on the party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll always get parties who are just like, well, you know, we just want to wander around and have fun. It's like, it's okay, fun. all right. But being like aware enough to ask the question in the first place and make them realize that actually they do have some agency mm-hmm. in that and that they can come to you and say, I've been thinking about, you know, where my character is going and I really like to have a scene that explores this particular aspect or... I'm a I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, having players world build around the circle of themselves in whatever story I'm trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if they were playing a specific ancestry in a game and no one else was playing it, then they're like, okay, you get to inform at least who your people are within your circle. Absolutely. Uh, that might not necessarily be what all the ancestry is because, you know, ancestries are complicated. You're yep. not going to find the same thing, but we're not going to down, down the hole. Um, but um, but Unbound really does that for everybody, and I love it. Yeah. Um, In case it wasn't obvious, we recommend this game, guys. 100%. Let's go. Everyone should play it. Come uh, on. Grant Howitt is a good bean, and uh, having read... And ran Unbound and having read Heart to a bit, uh, I can already see like the philosophies and the intention like combined between them. It's like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, good. This is more narrative goodness. Uh, the only thing being, Heart is a uh, dice based instead of card based. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to running it. And I'm also getting Spire eventually. So look forward to that episode. I am super excited for all of these things. Inevitably. Uh, we have a long list. <laughs> the the advantage of being co-hosts is that I get to go dibs. <laughs> I want to play. Uh, another thing uh, as well, which is interesting that you can uh, add to your jamming arsenal, is stakes. Yes. Stakes are great. Before any scene, be them dramatic or combative, uh, you have stakes. What happens if you succeed? What happens if you fail? Uh, this, because Unbound is collaborative, everyone decides on those. Uh, they figure out, like, okay, cool. If we fail, the bad guys get away. If we succeed, we catch the bad guys. Simple as. Yeah. If we fail, we lose the treasure of the Sierra Madre. If we succeed... Uh, we find the key that we've been looking for for the past 20 years. Cool. It's a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting to, like, you, like, you might have a, a good thought for, like, there might be a really obvious thought of what you want out of a scene, and you go, okay, well, that's definitely what happens if we win. But what happens if we lose? What happens if we fail? A lot of uh, losing actually involves uh, losing something of the, of the characters. Like, we have it here, like, property... Uh, respect, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, an ally in, you know, in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Control over a situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the obvious one would be, would be death, but there are far worse things than death. So. Yeah, as, as Jafar says in that sequel to Aladdin. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he's a whole song about it. God damn it. I thought that was a me thing. I always say that. I'm s- Am sorry. Am I fucking quoting Jafar? 
Yeah, you're quoting Jafar. God, all right. Okay, guys, I gotta go. Bye. There are worse villains to quote. Wait, come back. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. But but yeah. Uh. The, yes, Grand Hat was great. So was Chris yes. Taylor. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and the thing is, I would hundred percent recommend picking up the book and actually reading it because the way that they write is very it's very much like just having a conversation with someone yeah. it feels like someone is just just talking to me about these things like there are there are various little funny little moments in there as well like um on the scars table it explains what happens if you draw certain cards there are certain results and one of them is like uh if you draw this card then uh and then you draw it again and it fails uh you are your character is now out of the game. If this happens during a dramatic scene, we're really sorry. Just like, just like this could happen. Sorry about that. My bad. Just funny because the idea to me, because a dramatic scene doesn't have to necessarily involve combat, or it doesn't at all have to involve no. combat. So you could just be in the middle of a conversation, and for whatever reason, your character is now out of the game. So you have to now come up with a reason why. Why yeah, why that they happens. why they have left either like, whether there's there's an illness or they just up and died or, or they just I, walked yeah, away. I assume it had something to do with like the context of the scene. Yeah, obviously. So it's like, oh you're heartbroken. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's really interesting. And again, because of the the variety of setting and plot you could have it all depends on your game your if you guys play unbound your games are going to be entirely different to my games absolutely uh i mean the games that you've run have yeah, been two entirely, two entirely, entirely games. separate games i've had the one game which involved uh people called vamps which are kind of like vampires but they're musicians who can uh, suck the life force out of people oh and uh, the players were basically a police squad that were specifically trained to combat this mm -hmm. because this is like a semi-fantasy setting in the modern world. Uh, Didn't they have roller skates? Ah, uh, they might have. I, I know for a fact they had headphones. I seem to remember one of the players uh, mentioning that there were roller skates. Probably. Or I may have made that up. I don't know. I'll probably get corrected. But in the other game... Uh, in the venture into the dust, uh, we had um, a post-apocalyptic steampunk society that it looks like the cover of Dune, covered in, in magical dust, mm -hmm. which has mutated all life into uh, bug-like creatures. Yep. Uh, if you if you were mutated by the dust, your um aesthetic suddenly turned very insectoid and you gained abilities and mutations um and all of our party was some in some way mutated yep um because it's uh the amount of dust you inhale is the amount of mutation you get yeah basically uh, and then to the point where you get things that are called pacers which are just uh they're so far gone they're no longer human yeah they just want to destroy shit most of the time um but, but it led to humanity kind of fleeing the the, the the contaminated ground and forming these sky cities um we called hives and every hive has a queen and all the hives are it's a whole ecosystem up there and um the mutated people were the ones who were more often than not sent down to either scavenge for knowledge or for resources or just to 
bits. Yep. Because we built shit out of bugs. Yep. It was a grand Because time. there were bug kaijus as well. They were bug kaijus. Oh my god, I forgot about the moth. The moth. The moth. <laughs> There's a giant moth that's definitely not Mothra. It's definitely yeah, not Mothra. It's definitely not Mothra, except it is, guys. It's Mothra. Um, <laughs> who is now my best friend. It's a giant lunar <laughs> moth that is, like, bright white. It's great. I love her. She's a queen. She's my bae. Um, Which I find hilarious because the party was wholly expecting some kind of ground-based kaiju. And then suddenly this yeah, moth came out Yeah, and then suddenly this moth came out and we shat a brick. Like, because they were in Zeppelins and they thought they were safe. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then things went wrong, but we managed to pull it back a little bit. What's the name? The, the name of the sh- your ship is the Night Warbler? Well, yes, the Night, the Night Warbler. Warbler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Um, the, many people died. Uh, that went very wrong very Oof. quickly. Oh, yeah. Oof. 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 Stakes went bad. Stakes went real bad for that one. Um, but we, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good one. I love it. I really love the world that we created. And, um, one of the fun things for me was that we, we thought of this world in the, in the session zero and then our individual paths kind of helped inform that world even more because we were from different, completely different places and backgrounds and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, coming down to the planet planet side, you know, some of us had connections there, some of us didn't. It was uh, a good way to set up NPCs with, you know, you probably know X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't know anyone down here, but it's a chill time anyway. But I know <laughs> this information, which is important. And then so-and-so knows that. And it's all, just, it all weaved together like a spider's web hmm. of information. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. With with Danny sitting in the center going, yes. Good. This is good. Good. Like that bug from Family Guy. <laughs> it's relevant because bugs. Uh, but yeah. Um, you guys, play Unbound. Please play Unbound. It's, it's real good. good. It's real good. We love it. We'll include a link to the, the Rowan, Rook, and Deckard site. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can indeed get Unbound. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have a copy of it, and I'm going to get myself a copy because uh, I need to run this at some point. Um, <laughs> I need to find people to play it first. I enjoy the fact that <laughs> I'm looking at the website right now uh, for Unbound, and uh, during the Kickstarter, Grant, if you're listening to this, I apologize for pointing this out. We're calling you out, like, Grant. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I love how, like, uh, during their Kickstarter, their first run of print had a misprint. So now they have a bunch of misprint copies. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the only problem with it is that the cover, like I have the misprint copy. It's ever so slightly, the cover is slightly to the to the right. I honestly wouldn't have realized exactly. that said, yeah, Grant, Grant, baby, you're fine. You're all good, lad. <laughs> you're fine. It doesn't, seriously, it's not an issue. I genuinely wouldn't have realized. It's not completely aligned. <laughs> It's fine. The internals are exactly the same as the full price version. This version just has a blemish that makes it not quite perfect, so we're making it available at a discount, which is amazing. Honey, Honey it's, it's a fine. significant discount as well. That's amazing. I'm gonna. I might send him a tweet and be like, "Baby, fine." <laughs> also, please come listen to our podcast because we talk about your amazing game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended. 
you should also check out Honey Heist and, and the other one-page RPGs. We're going to include a link to um, Grant Howitt's Patreon as well. Because... Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can support, uh, just throw him like a dollar a month, you will not That's it. Yeah, and you'll get um, the, these one-page RPGs. Yeah, you get early access to them. Yeah. Um, uh, other notable uh, one-page RPGs include... Big Gay Orcs. Big Orcs, uh, Sexy Battle Wizards. Uh, Jason Staten's Holiday Vacation. <laughs> I, I believe. That one. Uh, Trash Pandas. I love Trash Pandas. Trash Kin. Trash Kin. I've not, I've not played Trash Kin or Trash Pandas. I'm trash. They're both. I've played both. They're both in the trash really good. Um, Drunken Bear Fighters. Adventure Skeletons. Adventure Skeletons is really good as well. I love Drunken Bear Fighters. I've not played Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, you you play um, the KGB <laughs> trying to hunt down <laughs> bears in the Russian underground, uh, and everyone has like a bear related skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I ran it, we were on a train, and uh, one player decided that their bear related skill. This player knows it's a, it's an avid listener, so they're going to know who I'm talking about. Uh, they knew exactly the length of a bear paw. So they were going up to people, measuring their hands to make sure they weren't bears. Nice. Because these bears could disguise nice. themselves. Nice. Okay, okay, I love that. There was another player who, uh, we had a big twist of like, they kept talking about their uncle and how proud they were raised by them. And in the end, it was revealed that their uncle was also actually a bear. <gasps> like, I, we're not going to question why he wasn't a bear. Yeah. But but his uncle was a bear. Well, maybe his, his it was an uncle by marriage. Right. Right, we don't know. But the idea of they walked up the train and they found him and he was in like a, a, a tank top and looking exactly like your man described yeah. him, but he was a bear like, Rawr! <laughs> didn't even speak English. Like, oh no, Uncle Vlad. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah, I haven't played that many because it's usually me who's running them. Yeah. So. There's other, I got stuff here in front of me that the witch is dead. Giant goddamn robots, justified anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play that now. Justified Just anxiety. On the name alone. A daring reimagining of a sci-fi classic that skirts perilously close to copyright infringement. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's go. It's, it's a good time. There's Trashkin. There's Dr. Magnet Hands. What a lad. Yeah. If, if it wasn't obvious, Rowan... Rook and Deckard and Grant Howard are, you know, one and same. Uh, very, very, very creative. And um, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like I said at the start of this episode, the Heart won nine Ennies. For those of you who don't know, the Ennies are like the Oscars for tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. And it is incredible that he won, that they won nine. Absolutely. Um, he, they won four silver and three gold, including, I believe, uh, best game. Yes. Which is... No, they got no? silver for best game. They got silver for best game. Yeah. Um, uh, gold was... Something... They got gold for best writing. Yes. Gold for best writing. Yes. Um, Which... The hell yes. yes. Absolutely. Well, and, and this is the thing. 110% well-deserved. Because it's they work so hard. Interesting to me how Unbound specifically, because it's setting agnostic, uh, and yet... They're gonna sprinkle all these specific setting things over to give the players a hand in, in, in like specifically like the adversaries. 
They specifically say like, look, we could just give you a bunch of blank stat blocks and you make up what it is in terms of your world, Mm -hmm. but that would be boring and incredibly hard to read. So instead we're going to flavor all of these and then you flavor them to be specific to your world. There's there's literally a little block in the book that's just like, we've said before, we'll say it again, reskin. Just take it and reskin it. Just take it and, 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 and sprinkle whatever seasoning you want to put on that. And that's grand. Do it. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I believe. That, oh yeah, that, the other thing I want to say was like, considering how good Unbound is, if when you delve into Spire and Heart, then it's like, oh, and this is with a setting. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I don't know a massive amount about heart yet. Uh, I only know what Danny's told me. Um, but I am very very excited. I am very excited from what you have told me. It's just, it's a good time. It's gonna be grand. It's it's more of that good narrative stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Stories, and this is we love stories on cannibalizing the canon so it's much true. that we cannibalize it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's, it's a good, good time. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the podcast. That's episode twelve, the first in-person live Yay. podcast. We're not the last. Not the last. Um, eventually we'll probably do like a live podcast, like a streaming point. one. Yeah, a streaming one. But but that's not today. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but but um, hope you've enjoyed. I might have to get another chair. Yeah. I only have one. You have chairs in this house. I, I have one chair in my house. You need more house. than one chair. Well, I mean, yes, but also no, because <laughs> it's just me. I, I'm the only person who lives there. So I, I have a chat and people don't visit me because, like, people don't visit me. <laughs> we, we're in a panini. This, Nobody could visit right, me. Right, okay. This pandemic, this pandemic, this episode is taking a, a turn. But Sorry, I, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> we're good. We're good. Anyway. We'll figure um, it out. Anyway, I've been Glaive slash Danny slash whatever the heck you want to call me. And I have been V slash Violet slash Rin slash, oh my God, there's more than one chair here? So um, <laughs> as usual, we have merch. We have merch. Uh, thank you to the people who've been buying it, you absolute mad lads, because I, I get emails, guys, saying, hey, someone actually bought your merch? What the fuck? And I'm like, right? I don't even have our merch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really should buy our merch. I've designed some of our yeah, merch. Yeah, we, we should probably buy our merch. Um, so we have merch uh, links available in the description as usual. Uh, you can find Glaive on Twitter at GlaiveThruster. You can find uh, V at Twitch, twitch.tv slash Veller, V-E-H-L-R. Correct. Proudy. I know how to spell Yay. things. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I, that that's been that's been the podcast. Yeah, and now we're gonna go and continue to be meat space people. Yes. Ooh. Are we always meat space people? That's fine. Um, <laughs> bye. bye.